Hello, and welcome to the Triple G Living God Goals and Grind podcast. I am Ebony Vaughn, your gracious founder and host, and I am excited to be here another Monday. It's June, and we are still in our awesome series of Becoming, Embracing God's Gift on Purpose. We are in our third week, Kingdom Family, and our guests have been dropping some awesome nuggets that is guaranteed to transform your life if applied. Remember, all this month, we will be having some anointed men and women of God sharing with us their journey of becoming and learning how to embrace themselves as God's gift to the world. Today, we will have Brenda Lee Wells. She is a powerful woman of God, entrepreneur, author, creator, and producer, and host of At A Wealthy Place. Let's get right in to our interview. So we are here another week with our series, Becoming, and I'm so excited for our guest who we have here, an amazing, awesome, anointed woman of God. And I'm so excited about what she is going to pour into us. She's been pouring some stuff before we started. (laughs) So I know that she has so, so much to say and the other weeks, this is our third week. The first week we had Adrian Watson. Awesome, awesome. We Last week we had Prophet Lavelle Jackson. Mm. Just awesome men and women of God who understand the importance of becoming and embracing themselves as God's gift to the world. So again, I'm going to say Brenda, flow, pour, <laughs> pour out to us. Well, first of all, Ebony, I just want to thank you and thank God for even allowing me to have the uh, the gracious opportunity and the honor to even to share and help me to be able to work in my purpose. And did, I mean, because you 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 have no idea where I am right now. This God, this was God's divine appointment to even pull me into the next level. Because you know what? And what I find or even in walking and becoming in purpose, sometimes we can become complacent even in the midst of that becoming. We can become stagnant. We can be on the flow, on the road. We can be driving along. And then all of a sudden, like on 795 last night, all the traffic stops. And so, you know, and then God will just use a situation even such as this to put us in remembrance. You know what? I have not forgotten. I have not changed my mind. God said his gifts and his callings are without repentance. But sometimes he will allow us just to be sitting in a traffic jam, just to stop and just to reflect just for a moment. So, you know, um, and I I love this, you know, the becoming aspect, because what I want to focus on, Ebony, is that preparation is never lost time. Preparation is never wasted time because in our becoming, there's a season of preparation. There's a season uh, where God will just pull us to the side and that preparation could, could be something from the natural realm where he'll have you being mentored by someone. Or it could be from the perspective where he'll just have us just, just be still and just hear him. A couple of great examples. Moses, he put pulled Moses to the side of the mountain, you know, where he had an encounter. There may be times where God would just have us have an encounter with him, a supernatural encounter with him to prepare us for the purpose that he has called us to. And then there may be a time where it's just a season of servitude. Look at David. David, he was, he was a shepherd boy out in the field. And when the anointing, when when Samuel came and anointed him and said, this is what your call is. This is what your purpose is. This is what your assignment is. But then it was not, his assignment was for an appointed time. It was not for that right moment. So there are times where God will show us. He said, he'll show us the end from the beginning, but then he'll take us back because there's some grooming that we'll have to go through. Joseph, look at Joseph. 
Joseph had to go through the pit. Joseph had to go through the prison before he could make it to the palace. But even while he was in the prison, there were certain individuals that God made sure that Joseph met, that he encountered before he presented him to the king. So there, yes, there's a king that God said he's going to um, bring us before because he said, our gifts will make room for us and bring forth and bring us before great men. But are we really prepared to be become before these great men? We can get there at, 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 um, before time and then even mess things up and make it worse than what it would have been. So there's always preparation is never lost a waste of time. So we need to just stop sometimes and just discern what season am I in? Happy summer, everybody. First, let me start off with that. Happy summer, because now seasons are changing in the natural. So just like seasons change in the natural, seasons change in our life spiritually. Seasons change in our life naturally. So let's let's think about even summer. Well, a few weeks, I wouldn't even say maybe even a few weeks ago, you're living in Baltimore, you never know what the weather's going to be like. We've had rain, hail, sleet, snow all in one day. Well, going out there and being dressed the same way, the way it was, what, almost 90 degrees, I didn't realize it was so hot out there today. You, it could cause you to become sick, have heat stroke. If you come out there with your winter coat or come out there addressed in an in a inappropriate manner um, compared to what the weather in the season is well that's the same way even in the spiritual realm things that we're used to doing a certain way it may not be that same way that God wants to take us into in that next season of our life in preparation for walking into our purpose this time last year corona if that wasn't a wake-up call more than anything else then that that has given all of us a, 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 a reflection to look and say, hey, what season am I in in my life where there's some changes that God may want us to make to, to, move, into an, to move into the next level? I mean, there have been more now talk show hosts. <laughs> there have been more, you know, people more being pushed into our purpose. And sometimes and that's what it will happen is that sometimes we are forced as, a, as it would be more so a force than a choice. Mm-hmm. But it's best to just go ahead and make that decision. Hey, look, God, as Jesus said when he was in the garden, you know what, take this cup from me. But you know what? But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And when we get to that place of thy will be done, I'm finding myself saying that over and over and over again over the past few days, like God, I don't understand everything that's going on, but you know what? It's okay because it's not about me. It's about you. It's about nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's what's going to help us to flow into the purpose that God has called us to. So um, I don't know if you have want to interject at all, Ebony. You no, know, I I love what you just said. <laughs> I mean, you went you went right in on and I love it. You know, and I'm over here writing notes because I believe that this will truly, truly, truly bless somebody. And one and two of the things that I got out of what you said is how God takes us through a season of preparation. He takes us through a season of servitude. We have to appreciate the use of stillness. We have to appreciate the use, you know, yes. of mentors and people that got yes. positions in our lives. And you know what? This is a chapter in my latest book, Gifts. Um, mm. God's you know, fulfillment, uh, you know, God's infinite imagination fulfilled through servanthood, talking about how important God's positioning is. So you were right on that. And then the other thing that you said, which leads me to that favorite scripture, you said, God will show you the end from the beginning, yes. right? And the, the word of God says, better is the ending. Yes, yes, the yes. Beginning. And so it's almost like God, like you said, he'll show us 
us that in so that we have something to hope for and something to look for. And I just thank God for those nuggets that you poured in. And, and a lot of times, you know, when it comes to this series, Becoming and Embracing God's Gift on Purpose, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I believe that this is such an important series is because so often we see ourselves not as God sees us, right? right? And we don't embrace ourselves as a gift to the body and to the world because we're looking, you know, we're looking at natural things or we're looking at things that maybe we don't have any control over or mistakes that we've made. But a lot of times it's, you know, we can't fully flourish or even um, experience a sense of fulfillment until we embrace who we are, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you think about that whole process, when did you, you know, and and one thing that we learned the first week um, in this series is that becoming is evolving. It's ever evolving. We are ever becoming, right? Yes. When did you at what was that moment, that season, when you actually embraced you as a gift? I would say it was more so in my early childhood. Uh, I mean, I, there was there were signs that were there, okay. and I, I, I would have encounters with God as a, and I I was kind of like a Samuel, you know, you're hearing the voice of God, not realizing that this is God speaking. And I would, I would just, there was just certain things, the giftings, certain things that I loved to sing, even as a child. I was writing songs, even as a child. And I did not realize that, that that was the gift from God, that that longing in that heart and that desire. But until I started getting older and, you know, when I would sing, uh, I would hear people start saying, and, and, and I'm talking about child choir with the corlets, whatever the choir was. So I may have been about seven, eight, or nine years old, and, and um, I would sing, and they would tell me what a pretty voice I would have. And but then, I, but in the midst of that, I would become self-conscious. So you see, even in the midst of the embracing, but then it would still be a shyness that was there. And that I did not walk, walk into it, but it was still that, it was still that, that longing. And that's when we start getting into the passion. So I would say closer to maybe like high school, because I was, you know, the things that I was doing, the things that I was longing for, um, and I was taking the acting, I was in part of the acting classes, um, at the, at, in high school. So I would say, and then also in church, and that what I would say is an important factor with embracing and becoming, and what's helpful is when parents discern that what you're gifting and what you're calling are, and that they feed into that. So there were certain things, even as a child, like my mom, she taught me how to sew. And at, in high school, I was sewing. All through, I mean, in middle school, I would sew. I would, I would, I was doing fashion designing. So there was the artistic abilities that were there, but I didn't acknowledge it was being gifts. It was just things that I like to do. And so having my mom, she was a seamstress, and had my sister, she sewed. So that was just something that I gravitated to, as far as that creative aspect. So whether it was sewing, it was that ability to create. And so I would say even even in my early years is when I started discerning that there was something there. But then as the parents poured into me and then I started started listening to, um, you know, various individuals and started hanging around individuals that were doing the things that I like to do. And that's where um, joining the various clubs, joining the acting club, joining the future business leaders of America. And I don't know if if y'all remember J.A., Junior Achievement. So these these are the type of things that helped grew me even as a child and that was feeding and that was fueling that passion, that purpose, and that gift and that process that was leading me in that direction. And then Sunday school, church, that that definitely helped as well because as we were growing growing up and going along, um, by the time I hit my early 20s, the pastor started discerning 
the gifts and the talents and, and hearing God and helping me in that direction. And so he pulled me aside and said, you know, Brenda, I want you to start the singles ministry. And in my mind, I was like, no, but in my heart, I told God I would do whatever God wanted me to do, whether I understood it or not. So I started the singles ministry at the church in my early 20s. And but God knew that that was part of that preparation of leadership that I did not understand leadership at the time, but it was helping to groom and to grow those attributes of leadership back then. So it, it was just really just taking, just having an open heart and mind to say, yes, yes, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I don't know how, but I know that because you said it, the ability must be there. Mm-hmm. So that, that's been, and there was an encounter I had also in my early twenties, um, mid, I would say maybe mid twenties, but I had the opportunity to go to uh, Crenshaw Christian Center, you know, um, Dr. Fred Price, who, who recently passed. And they had um, a, a thick with them, an inner city conference every year our, our church went. And it was right after the Rodney King riots. And in the midst of that and, and, and going there, and mm-hmm. the, I remember him talking about the, during the course of the riot. And seeing all the devastation and, and seeing all the, you know, the, the, the effects of the riot, but the church was not touched. Mm-hmm. And he talked about that, how God shielded and protected. And even in the midst of the riot, there was still a, a, an acknowledgement and there was still that reverential fear that don't touch God's church. Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of the Congress, uh, the congregation and, and that um, particular conference, I don't know if you remember Helen Baylor. I don't know if you're familiar with Helen Baylor. Okay. You know, Helen Baylor was a member of Crenshaw and one of the prophets was in the pulpit. And during the course of that time, he had called her up to the podium and said that God had given her a song and she was standing there. And it, and this is apropos to the, the what we're talking about, the becoming and being, being aware. She said, well, I'm not feeling anything right now. I really, she said, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to fake. But he said, well, no, God has given you a song. And she said, well, I, honestly, I don't feel like this. So then she went and she sat down. And the service went on a little bit longer. And then she got up and she came back up to the podium. And she said these words that have rung in my spirit for the past over 30 years. And she walked up to the, 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 the man of God and said, I'd rather miss God trying than to miss God not having tried at all. And she took the microphone and initially, even though in her mind, she didn't have a song, but she just started singing out of her spirit. Mm -hmm. And she began to sing about how holy God is. You're a holy God. And then as she began in the midst of her becoming, came out an entire song Mm. that she later recorded. And that marked my spirit at the age of 26 that I, and I've lived my life according to that, that whenever God presented something to me in my spirit, even though my mind couldn't comprehend it, I'd rather miss God trying, Ebony, than to miss God not having tried at all. And so in the midst of your becoming, it's not going to always make sense. It didn't make sense that Joseph had to be put into a pit by his brothers, by his loved ones. It didn't make sense that his father discerned that he had a coat of many colors, discerning that there were many giftings, many talents, many abilities within his son. It didn't make sense that, okay, I'm the beloved. But being the beloved, even being in the midst of being the beloved, I got to go into a pit. And then even in the midst of the pit, God still showed him favor. Even in the midst of your pit, of your becoming, God will still favor you. Even And he had to go from that pit 
into a prison for something he was falsely accused of. How many times have we had false accusations and us just trying to be who God called us to be and walk in what God told us to walk in, there will still be false accusations. But even in the midst of that, God still favored him. God still promoted him. No matter what it is that you're going through and go through, don't just go through it, grow through it. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's on that job and you're being falsely accused, grow through it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he said, in due season, he will exalt you. So Joseph, in his due season, God exalted him, but he had to meet some individuals in the prison who served the Pharaoh before he could be promoted to into the palace. Same thing with David. David, he didn't, he was, he was anointed king as a child, but then he had to go in and serve Saul. And in the midst of his serving Saul, he learned how to operate and function in a kingdom that God would later have him rule. So sometimes we don't know, and, and I'm, I'm going to bring it to the natural realm. I'm an associate broker. I didn't I start off as an associate broker in a real estate, uh, from a real estate perspective. I started off as a realtor back in 2002. Well, and even in the natural realm as a realtor, before you can become an associate broker, you have to serve for at least three years as a realtor, as a real estate agent. And then be promoted into a, either a social broker, but there are more classes that you have to take. There's more learning that you have to go through. There's more knowledge and understanding that you have to, and wisdom that you have to ascertain before you can be promoted into that next level of broker. But if you went from passing your real estate exam to becoming a broker, then you're going to be exactly that broker. Because it's going to cost you a whole lot of things and ways that you may not be able to have handle. And especially if you're going to have other agents under you. But no, you have to go through that process. God's just taking you through the process. And the part of that process of your becoming is like Emily said, embracing. But until you embrace, David had to embrace that you know what, this is who I am. Not just who I am because of my choice, but because God has chosen this to be me. This is who God has entrusted me and endowed me with these gifts, these talents and abilities. And when you, and try and, and discerning what it is that you're called to do or what your purpose is, look at the giftings, the talents, and the abilities that God has called you and has endowed you and entrusted you with. Now, let's let's reflect back on Moses. Now, that's the other aspect where God called Moses, and Moses said, I'm not equipped. I'm not, I, I can't even articulate Absolutely. the way I need to articulate to lead the way that you want me to lead. But God had to Put him in his place and remind him, Moses, it's not about you. He said, because I don't call the equipped, I equip those who I have called. And not only will I equip you from the aspect of being able to articulate what you need to do, but I will equip you with your brother Aaron and your sister Marion. He will equip you with individuals to help you with your becoming process, to walk into all that he has called you to. Now, I remember, I'm, I'm going to shift gears a little bit, Ebony, mm-hmm. uh, on, on my, you, you mentioned about your book, my, my first book, The Adventures of Pete and Repeat. And I remember when God was talking to me about that book. And this is going to lead into another aspect of preparation. The Adventures of Pete and Repeat was not a book. The Adventures of Pete and Repeat was a conversation or basically a back-to-school event that I did, that I was invited to. And how I got invited to that was through a poem that I wrote, Quitting is Not an Option, I Choose to Win. Quitting is Not an Option was a poem that I wrote back in 2001. At a time when I felt like quitting, I felt like quitting not only at a job, I felt like quitting on life. I felt like I was done. I had enough. 
And God began to speak to me. And he's, as he was speaking to me, he said, Brenda, grab a piece of paper and pencil and start writing. And that's when I wrote the poem, Quitting is Not an Option. That was in 2001. In 2010, years later, God had been dealing with me because I began sharing that poem with other individuals, but it was on a smaller level. And I was given the opportunity to present the poem on stage. And I was afraid. I, would, I was fearful. I would not share the poem. And, and, and God pulled me up and the Holy Spirit pulled me up and he said, stop being selfish. He said, if this poem has been a blessing to you and has helped you to get through so many challenges over the course of these years, why would you be selfish? Don't you think that it would be a blessing in helping someone else? And so that kind of put me in check. And I said, absolutely, God. So I learned the poem and I shared it. And I began sharing it on stage and sharing it at different events. And I was invited to share it at a church. And when I shared it at the church, the pastor asked me what I share it. It was on a, on a, at a, um, a youth night, on a Friday youth night. Then he asked me if I would share it on a Sunday morning. And when after I shared it on a Sunday morning, the youth advisor came and asked me, would I come would I come to their back to school event and just give some words of encouragement? And so Brenda's flesh wanted to say no, but Brenda's heart in obedience to God said absolutely, not knowing what I was going to say. And so as I was making preparation for that event, I began writing and I was like, well, God, you know, when working with children, you have to get their attention. And so he said, well, they're going back to school. Do you think that they would want to repeat the same thing school year as they did the year before? And so that's when he brought to me the joke about Pete and repeat. Pete and repeat were riding in a boat. Pete fell out. Who was left? Repeat. And so from there, I wrote out this, this little page and of words of encouraging them with regards to that. That was in 2010. Towards 2011, God started dealing with me, write a book, write a book, write a book. I don't know how to write a book, write the book. What book, God? I don't know how to write a book. And so he started showing me, he said, that talk, that 20-minute talk you did last year, turn it into a book. And so I pulled it out and I started looking at it. I said, well, God, I don't know how to write a book. I don't know how to do drawings. I All I kept telling God, like Moses told God, I can't speak. I don't know how to articulate. So I'm telling God, I don't know how. And God said, I'm not interested in what you don't know. Do what you do know how to do. You know, Microsoft Word. Do what you know how to. I've been working. I was working with the church. You know how to put programs together. Put the book in the same format as you would do a program. It's a booklet. So I did that and I pulled some little clip art stick figures. And by the end of that following that, that year, God, he raised it up for me to submit it to a publishing company, a major publishing company, and they picked it up. Mm. And that obedience from the poem to the book has opened up from the book to speaking engagement, from speaking engagement to a wealthy place, et cetera, et cetera. That leads me into the next phase of preparation is never lost or wasted time. Because God said, if you're faithful over little, he'll make you ruler over much. God is never interested in what you don't have or what you can't do. He's more interested in what you do have and what you do with what you do have. And he's more interested in your yes than what you know Mm, or what you know. So, and, and, and let's take it from a, from a natural perspective. And this is what we were talking about just before we started recording, Ebony. Look at the world from a natural perspective. And I asked God this question. I said, I didn't understand how I would look like at like Ice Cube and Ice Tea and, <laughs> and all the Ices and the Will Smiths and LL Cool J. And, and, and I'm looking at um, Queen Latifah. They were all rappers. And when I'm thinking about it, I was like, God, they were rappers. Even, you know, God bless her, rest, rest in peace, Whitney. These were singers. 
And I said, but then they went from that aspect to becoming millionaires and actors and entrepreneurs and business owners, etc. And I was like, God, I don't understand. How did they go from being a rapper to owning these various companies and being, you know, uh, um, award-winning stars? And he said, daughter, what the what, what my, my children and the body of Christ have not grasped is faithful over little, ruler over much is a spiritual law in the earth. It's not limited to whether you're saved or not saved. It's based on what are you doing with what you have? The little, that we all know the parable, well, I don't know, like to say it's the parable because it's an account of the talent. And even though the talent may have been talking about financial money, but that, that gifting, that talent, that ability God has given you can turn into the financials as well. So he said there was one that had the one, one that had the five, and the one that had the ten. Well, he gave it to them as a test. What are you going to do with it? Well, the one had their one talent, one gift, one ability, one skill, one idea. And instead of taking it and cultivating it and going to school or getting around someone that was going to help them grow it, instead they went and hit it. I'm not worthy. I'm just a nobody trying to tell somebody about everybody, whatever, whatever. Then there was the one that had the five and went and they grew the five. And the one that had the 10, and they went and they grew their 10 into 10 more. The five grew the five and the five more, but the one had the one. And then there was a time of accountability. God said, we are in a season of accountability because he is the one that has planted us in the earth from the foundations of this world. From the time of Eden, God planted us in the earth. We were there from the beginning in Adam. And he is now calling us to be accountable with what he has impregnated us with. What are we doing with it? Are we going to be the ones that when he comes and he says, okay, now show me what you have done with what I have entrusted you with and endowed you with. Well, Lord, I knew how you were about your gift. I knew how you were about your money. I knew how you were about your talent and you sow and you reap where you sow not. So I took and hid the one and I'm, I, here's the one thing that you gave me. I'm giving it right back to you with no productivity whatsoever. Mm. And then the five came and said, you know what, Lord, I know the same thing. You sow where you don't reap. So what you gave me, I made sure I brought back more too. And the one with the 10, he said, I even doubled it even more. And where we, we call humble, as humble as I know how, the master said it was wicked. Mm. He said, you wicked, unproductive, non-profitable servant. And I'm not going to use the vernacular, but I took where to go. Mm-hmm. And then the one talent, he took it from that one talent and he gave it to the one who was going to be fruitful and multiply because that's been the commandment from day one. Glory. Awesome. That is the commandment from the most high, the king of kings, alpha and omega, Abba father, the Lord God, who is the awesome God who created us from day one said, be fruitful and multiply with what I have given you. And I have given you something. So to say that I don't have a talent, I don't have a gift, I don't have an ability is to lie on God. Because he has given each and every one of us something. And now he's saying, what are you going to do with that thing? Increase it some kind of way. He said, even if you put it in the bank to bring forth some usury, the word usury right there, use it. Stop hiding it. 
stop being selfish. This is good. This is good. This is, you know, I'm sitting here writing just all this good stuff down. And, the, you know, one of the powerful things that you talked about is just how our gift that you, you talked about that season of accountability and how our gifts is not for us, but it's for the world. We are for the world. We are for his kingdom. And it's almost like you said, stop hiding, stop covering up, stop denying, because this is where our life is, because this is what he created us to do. So, so good. And then the other thing that I like that you talked about was the importance of obedience and being faithful. And these, I mean, these are just powerful nuggets of how you become and what your process looks like in becoming. And it really brings me to a word that I received in prayer this morning. And one of the things that we are Um, one of the themes or the theme for June um, at my church with Apostle Kenneth Robinson is the outpouring, right? Mm. So part of this outpouring has everything to do with us allowing the spirit of God to come in and overflow and refill and transform where we are. And part of the change and the transformation transformation and place is understanding that we are not bastards. There's an identity that's rooted in our God. And as you were talking, I thought about that again, because Mm -hmm. we have to get to that place where we are walking in the power and the authority of sons and daughters. And it has nothing to do with our weaknesses and our shortcomings, but it has everything to do with us living in and out and through our identity. And so it's almost like we can do the things that we fear doing or that we think we can't do when we are abiding in our identity. Because yes. we recognize that there's a supernatural element that resides in us, meaning we don't have to do it alone. But because some of us are still walking around as bastards, and not really embracing our true identity, it makes it difficult for us to see ourselves as gifts to the world. You know, and 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 I always talk about how I was serving and doing before mm. I knew who I was. Mm. Yes. People, you know, some people are able to, you know, they they have the testimony of having knowledge and confidence of who they are at a young age. For me, it was the total difference. I am a work, I'm a workhorse. I work hard. I'm a performer. And so for me, it's about work. And so sometimes you can work hard and you can Mm -hmm. perform in churches and in ministry, but not become. And that's one of the reasons why I think that this is such an important series. I want the world to know the importance of becoming and embracing you as the gift. Like we have to see ourselves as gifts. Like that is a must, Brenda. It's like, God, if this is my platform for the rest of my life, I want the people of God to see themselves as God. Yes, yes, yes. There's a poem I had even written. It's called Through God's Eyes. And, uh, and, and, and it was, a, again, a, one of those revelations, one of those encounters with God where he was speaking to me like Brenda. Through God's eyes, I got to see myself the way he sees me. And it, it was funny because I was reflecting before we, um, before we, you know, we connected on one of my favorite scriptures and I've been meditating on over the past this week. And it's like, it's becoming more and, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying it more and more out of my mouth. And that's in Genesis, the fifth chapter, the 24th verse, where Enoch worked, walked with God until he was not. And even though and you know that that the literal translation was he walked with God and God took him. But I look, I take that translation that I walk with God till it's not Brenda, it's just God, it's just His glory, it's just the representation. Anytime anybody encounters me, they will encounter God. 
Yes. That's what I take that scripture out. And I, I've been, I've been able to say, Father, I, my, my heart's desire. And, and I, and I've got that revelation. Even again, in my early twenties, that's, that's when I was having those encounters with God. The out, and I, when I encamp, first encountered that scripture, that became one of my hallmark scriptures as God, I want to walk with you until I am not. And I've been saying it more and more this month to me. Father, that's my heart's desire is that I walk with you to the point where I'm not all they see is you. Absolutely. And that is, that is the pursuit that we have as, as spirit-filled believers, as kingdom citizens. That is the pursuit, which is such an amazing pursuit. Listen, we can talk about this all, I know, day, I know. Long, <laughs> all day long. And it just, you know, it, it makes me think of how, and this is funny too, you know, you ever watch um, those shows uh, where it's, uh, what was the show? Um, you know, like got talent, who has talent, America, mm. you know, those talents got talent where um um where she started and a few others, right? And American I, Idol, yep. I would watch all of these kinds of shows where people are following their dreams and they're going out before the world and they they're scared, they're afraid but then they get on that stage and they just sing or they just dance. And Brenda, when I tell you, I would be watching these things with tears in my eyes, like almost mm -hmm. like just bawling. Why? Because before my eyes, I saw someone becoming, you know, someone who stepped mm -hmm. out there on their dream. You know, they had a desire that, you know, and some people would say, I've been singing since I was four and five. Mm -hmm. And I always saw myself like this, but I never thought it would get here. And then they're in, in front of this stage and, you know, just seeing different people. And, and it's not always about a stage. It's not always about thousands in the audience, but it's about, like you said earlier, trying and, and really following after after something and believing in yourself enough to really put yourself out there to be that gift to the world. And, and all of us have gifts and talents. We are unique in our own ways. Yes. But we have to begin to see ourselves the way we have been created so that we are no longer afraid and we'll allow those things to push, you know, to really push us out of that comfort zone and into the place where God is in us. And that's yes. what I love about becoming and embracing yourself because it's really about what we see. It's, you know, because everybody else can say, Brenda, you're the greatest. You know, that's you it. are so awesome. You you did this and you did that. And you're looking at them like, it's all right. You know, it's, it's I mean, it's not really nothing you know so until you get the revelation you know and a lot of times people don't understand that because they they can be singing your praises for years but until you embrace it it doesn't but you know it but then also and again but i also have to go back and look at the church also where we have been taught and it has been embedded into us that if we do embrace it that we're being arrogant yeah. And we go back to this thing where I'm being as humble as I know how, but that's not scripture because God said, Jesus said, come boldly to the throne. Now, yes, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And again, they're going back to the scripture. He said in due season, he will exalt you. His desire is, he said, he would make us the head and not the tail. We'd yeah. be above only and not beneath. We would ride upon the high places. Yeah. He said he would do exceedingly and abundantly above what we would ask or think according to the power that is working in us. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta knock over some of those old sacred cows with us. You know, you know, barely making it and all this other stuff. That is not the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that, if you want to talk about something that's my passion, that is that. That's my. That's my. That is not the heart's desire of God. This that is, is so good. It, I just say, go back to the beginning of Eden, how he created Eden. 
Yeah. It was full of gold. It was the best of the best of the best. And out of the best of the best of the best, he formed us. Yes. What is this that we got that we walking around with our head held down? Scarred. He said he has not given us the spirit of fear. And that's how I gauge stuff too, Ebony. If when a God tells me to do something, if a spirit of fear try to come to stop me, I know right there that's not God. Because yes. God is not giving me a spirit of fear and I'm going full force. I may need the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of how to make it happen. But if something comes to me to try to, and I'm not talking about a reverential fear, but I'm talking about something that's just going to make me scarred. Yes. No, this God has not given me a spirit of fear. And especially if I know it's something that's going to give him glory. Oh, oh, it's on. It's yes. on, baby. Yes. It's on. This is so good and it's so, it's so empowering because it's really about us taking our rightful places and not being afraid to embrace ourselves as gifts to the world. You know, all of all this month, it's really been about not only embracing, but it's also been about accepting accepting who you are, you know, embracing, accepting, these are, these are, these words work together. But the part that's so important is when you look in that mirror, are you willing to see that son, that daughter, that king, that priest? Are you willing to see what God has ordained? And these are the things that I believe are so important to equip the body. We have to be equipped with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of who we are so that we can bring heaven on earth. It's about bringing heaven Absolutely. on earth. Yes. You know, the Bible says yes. one of my, yes. one of my foundation, yes. one of my foundation scriptures with um, Triple G Living God Goals and Grind is that the heavens, the heavens belongs to the Lord, Jesus. but the earth he gave to yes. the children of men. We are, glory to God, we are on earth. He gave the earth to his people to dominate, to rule, you know, to have dominion, to have authority, yes. 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 responsibility yes. to run, to rule this earth. Not that's people. what kingdom means. Yes. The king's dominion, not to dominate, people, not people, but this earth. Right, and that is so, so, so important. So we have a charge. I believe that Brenda has charged us, and I'm telling you now, I'm charged. I'm pumped. <laughs> Praise I'm God. Pumped. She talked about the importance of the season of preparation, our season of servanthood, our season of accountability. Glory to God. She talked about how we are to tap into our gifts and our talents so that we have an understanding of what we're good at, what we're not, and you know, how to grow in that. You know, and 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 she used the and she said a couple of times, don't be selfish. That hit a nerve. Because sometimes when we hide and we choose not to flow or we choose not to use our gifts, we're being selfish because God, you know, He ordained us for His people, He ordained us to help somebody. And so if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, as Brenda said, we're being selfish. And then the importance of obedience and, and, and being faithful. These, this is some good stuff. And all of these things, it's all about us becoming. It is on our journey of becoming and embracing ourselves as gifts. So I'm, you know, we're going to wrap up now, Brenda. But Can I close with just one analogy, yeah. which I think will, 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 will bring it to a head. Yeah. I have, I have last week, we had a, um, a family get together and it was my brother's kids and, and his, and his, his, their, my brother's grand, great grandchildren. So my great, great niece and great, great nephew and great niece were there. And, and, and Brent's going to bring them gifts. Okay. That's, we still talking about gifts. And Brent bought them some gifts. And I, I mean, and the, the joy I had in purchasing the gift 
because I knew I was looking forward to the delight on their face because I knew that this little one-year-old, the two-year-old, three-year-old, I bought the little bubble lawn mowers and I bought them their own little chairs that they're going to sit in and I bought them their own, that they're going to enjoy these gifts. Imagine how disappointed and hurt I would have been if I had given them those gifts and they didn't bother to open them up. Mm. They didn't bother to use them. And all they did was took that gift and threw it to the side. Mm. I, I bought those gifts for them in expectation and, and anticipation that they were going to open them up and enjoy them. God has gifted us with the expectation and the anticipation that we're going to use these gifts and enjoy them and share them. I don't know what other analogy you as parents have brought gifts for your children or some relative at some point with the expectation that they were going to love them. Imagine how disappointed and hurt you would have been if they did not do that. That is, I can't sum it up any more than the gift that God has given us and trusted us. He did it so with joy. And he expects for us to be able to open them up and to share them with the world with that same joy, expectation, and anticipation. Well, Kingdom family, I pray that you were blessed by the many nuggets that Brenda Lee Wells dropped on us today. She talked about the importance of understanding that there is a season of preparation. There is a season of service and there is a season of accountability. You do not want to miss it. She talked about the importance of tapping into your gifts and allowing those who mentor you to push you into your purpose and to not be afraid to try. Brenda challenged us to not be selfish and to be willing to share our gift, which is ourselves, with the world. Brenda gave us so many powerful nuggets that I believe will change your life if applied. My prayer is that as you listen to this episode, as well as all the others, it will transform the way you think and feel about you and who God is in you. Kingdom family, as always, this is Ebony and I say rise and shine.